Welcome to the Mindset Bay Podcast. If you want more confidence and motivation, then you're in the right place. Every week, get your dose of self-development advice and strategies. I'm your host, Perry Richardson, life coach, NLP practitioner, motivational speaker, and mental health advocate. My mission is to help you find more happiness and take more action in your life. Now let's begin. Hello, 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 babes. I am so excited for today's episode. This is the very first interview on the Mindset Babe podcast. I have my friend Hazel on the podcast today and we connected on an app called Meetup and she hosted a virtual event earlier this year and we just connected and she asked me to be one of the organizers so it's been super fun um just hosting meetups i've never done that before so i'm so glad that we were able to connect and just really talk about like high being a high achieving black woman and helping other black women achieve their goals and their dreams so before we get into the conversation if you've been enjoying the podcast make sure that you leave a review share it on your instagram story make sure that you tag the both of us um follow so you never miss the episode i think that's all the things so let's get into it so blessed to have you in the space with me it's going to be a great conversation so hazel tell everyone tell me about yourself who are you and what do you do yeah so thank you so much for having me on the podcast perry listen i'm so happy that we were able to cross paths and have this connection to where to your point you've been able to really share just different experiences with those in the meetup group and just really the light and love that you carry on social media and just with everyone that comes around you. So thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Yeah. So about me, who is Hazel? Listen, I, I try to tell myself every day that I am the kind of person that just wants to show up in the world and be vulnerable, transparent, authentic, and make impact in everything that I'm doing by being all of those things. And so I use those characteristics and ways in which I show up as a holistic career coach. I'm a healthcare leader. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I am so many. (laughs) I wear so many hats and all the things. But for me, every day, and I'm a podcast host too, For me, every day, what's important is just making sure that I am showing up in a world that I am being myself and being very intentional about the value that I'm adding. But most importantly, nowadays, I'm realizing the importance of adding value to myself. Yes, I love that so much. Yeah, the it's the Human Experience podcast. So good. Um, I love your first episode with you know, your mom, it was so like heartwarming. So I'm glad that you're putting your voice out there in the podcast land. And it's been really um, mindset shifting for me. And I've learned a lot from you. So thank you for putting yourself out there. Thank you. I so we were like texting earlier about this. And I of course, I want to talk about like career because you being a career coach, but you're like, I want to talk about like healing. And I was like, let's go. Let's talk about some healing. So I just want to talk about like, what does healing really mean to you? Just what's been your path of finding yourself? Yeah, I think for me, healing has looked different in the sense that I first came on my healing journey, maybe back in 2016 was the first time I really realized the importance of 
healing and how we need to really sit in some reflection work and making sure that we're focused on what's really going on with us. Like, why are we showing up in the world the way that we are? Why are we chasing these goals? Like, what is it for? Like, what path are we on? Who told us to get on this path? And really trying to figure out what makes us happy, what makes us really light up inside. And so I started going to therapy really just to make sure that as I was going through my checklist of life and all the things that I needed to do, was I on that track for me or was I doing it because that's the road and map that was set out for me? So that was the first part of my healing journey. And then in losing my mom last year, to kind of speak to episode two of the It's a Human Experience podcast, I started to realize the importance of the grief journey. I never even knew that was a thing. Despite losing my father two years before losing my mother, I didn't go through the same grief journey with my father in the way that I did with my mother. And so I started to realize like, wow, like grief is a serious thing. You have to heal from that. Otherwise, you're showing up in the world wounded because you're not happy in the fact that the person who's always been there, knows your history, knows your story, has been your rooter, is not there with you. And so healing from that piece has been very important to me, almost as impactful as figuring out who I was as a person. So healing has definitely looked different for me on different realms based on just what I was going through, but it's necessary no matter what you're going through. Yeah, hundred percent. I love that, you know, going to therapy and I think there's such a stigma of going to therapy, even still with mental health, especially, you know, being a minority, being black, that's something that our community doesn't do and willing to kind of step up and wanting to kind of take responsibility and giving that insight. I love that you mentioned, like, is this something that I really want to do? Like, is this my path or is this someone else's path? And not a lot of us question that. So it's so beautiful. And then I've never even thought about, you know, grief being a healing process and how each individual who passes away, that's a different experience. It's a different type of grief and learning how to heal through that. I, that's a huge perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that before I want to sit in something else, because you end up having to grieve friendships. People don't talk about the fact that you grieve friendships because when you're creating your boundaries and you're going on your self-love and self care journey, you have to really figure out what's no for you, who really belongs in your life, like who's on the same playing field as where you're trying to go. And sometimes it means cutting off friends, family and all the things. And you have to grieve those people, even though they're here, because genuinely you love them. Genuinely, you want them around, but they're not helping you get to where you're trying to go in the sense of the mindset piece of them holding you back because of their thought process and them not healing. So I think that's important to kind of mention that sometimes you're not grieving and healing from things that are no longer here or people that are no longer alive. Sometimes it's people that are alive and just in our lives, but we have to move away from them. And so we have to grieve because we have to know that we owe it to ourselves to be surrounded by love, to be surrounded by happiness, good intentions and all the things. Yes, I love, yeah, grieving friendships and even like ex-romantic partners. I've had a lot of people reach out, reach out to me recently asking like, how do I get over my ex? Like I just got out of this relationship and I'm just like losing my confidence, you know? And, and it's been 
with that perspective of sometimes you need to grieve that person out of your life and really just kind of remove them from your life, your mental space, your physical space. And, you know, knowing that that relationship has ended, that part of your life has ended and you can step into something bigger and better. And, you know, every, every setback that we have is a set up for something better in our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen. So I was just on her podcast. We're doing a podcast swipe swap. So make sure that you go to her podcast and listen to the episode. But I love this question that you asked me, which was your biggest myths along the way. What are some things that you heard when you were finally in the grind of everything? And you're like, I don't think this is true. Yeah, I think that one of the biggest myths that I've been sitting on a lot lately is just go to school and get some degrees, right? I feel like being a holistic career coach, a lot of my clients, they come to me because they've gotten their degrees, they've gotten too many degrees, let's talk about that, and they're still not feeling fulfilled, or they can't find the jobs that they thought they were going to, or they thought that because their families told them that this is what you're supposed to do, that that somehow was gonna provide fulfillment or even access to a better life to break those generational curses. And it's the actions and the strategies that you put behind everything to get to where you wanna be. And then making sure that that's actually what you wanna do so that you're gonna be willing to go through the process, the hunt and all the things to get there. So I would say for me, one of the biggest myths is like, just go get a degree. No, yeah, I love that because that was something I was told. Like, I just knew high school after high school, I'm going to go to college, get my bachelor's degree, and then I'll just be set up and I'll be making six figures. And that's just like kind of like the American dream. You know, you go to college, you find the man, you buy a house, you have some kids. And it's just like, is that something that you truly want? And questioning that. And I think a lot of people are living their parents' lives. They're not living their true life and they're not really living their true desires and their true dreams. I want to go back to the point of having too many um, degrees because I remember wanting to go to my master's degree and kind of just wanting to go because I didn't know what to do with my adult life. And it's like if I stay in school, like um, kind of being protection, like I don't really have to go out and do the big leap and do the jump and really figure out my life. Like I could just stay in school forever. Going just to that point of people having too many degrees, um, does that help them? Does that hinder them? What are your thoughts about that? So, yeah. So I think that having too many degrees is a problem when your degrees are not thought out in terms of I see people like specifically something that I spoke on recently is they'll have a bachelor's degree in chemistry and they'll go back and get a master's degree in chemistry. Why do you need a bachelor's and a master's in chemistry? You don't need a bachelor's and master's in chemistry. If you are trying to become a chemist, then clearly maybe that track makes the most sense. But what I see happen is that someone has a bachelor's degree in say chemistry, let's keep on the same track. And then they're trying to go to school to maybe do uh, psychology or something else. And they decide to go get a same bachelor's degree in psychology. The reality is you cannot do anything with a psychology degree at a bachelor's level anyways. So it would make more sense to go get a master's in psychology if you're going to go back for something different. But very few people do that. Like they go back and get that same degree in something else when a bachelor's degree is a bachelor's degree is a bachelor's degree. master's degree is a master's degree is a master's degree not in many cases do you actually need 
more than one master's degree, either you're going to use your transferable skills and try to get a job in what you're trying to get, or you're going to level up your degree because whatever field you're trying to go into requires a master's degree or a PhD, but you don't necessarily need to have the focus title in your degree be the reason why you're going back for something different. Use your transferable skills, use your resume, use your network, and connect everything together. It's like connecting the dots as opposed to starting over. I love that. That makes a lot of sense. So I have my bachelor's degree in healthcare administration and a minor in public health. I think they're like the exact same thing. Don't you have also in public health? In yeah. yeah, and so I'm going to sound like a hypocrite because I, <laughs> I have an associate's degree, I have a bachelor's degree in biology and ultrasound, and I have a double master's in public health and health service administration, but I did a dual master's degree so that I can learn more about the administrative um, leadership piece of it, as well as all of public health issues that we have going on. So for me, it was important and it wouldn't take much more time to do it together as opposed to me going back and getting a separate master's degree. So I'm going to clear the air on that piece too. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not hypocritical at all. First of all, they're, they're related, but they're different topics. And then you have that experience now, you know, to have that hindsight. So, you know, I love that so much. I think one of the topics that I really wanted to touch on was how sometimes as women, we don't apply for jobs because we don't hit every single box on the application. I've heard before, I guess, statistics that like men will apply for jobs when they don't meet any of the qualifications. So what do you think about this? Is this true? And how can we really overcome this? How as being women, how could we step up our value and to apply to jobs without feeling that we're not worthy of them? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think too many times people think about jobs in the way that they're looking at job descriptions as, okay, I need to hit 100%. But I like to compare it to the fact of when you're looking in a relationship, we're all human, no one's perfect. And so you might have 10 things on your checklist of what you think your partner is supposed to check off. And most people, they haven't really fine-tuned that checklist to where they're actually looking at like the main deal breakers for what they need, which would be like the major requirements section of a job description. And so when they're listing all these different things that they're looking for, it is like in the ideal world. And and we don't live in an ideal world. We don't live in a perfect world. And so when you're looking at a job description, you definitely want to make sure that you're making sure you hit about 70% of those requirements. And so if you don't meet all 30, all the other 30%, that's completely fine because that gives you room to grow. They're looking for the perfect person that does not exist. But what you need to think to yourself is when I'm looking at the top section of the job description, not minimum requirements, but like the ones that are truly required do I meet all of those things? Is there just one thing I don't actually have the experience in? Is there a way that I could bridge that gap by going on YouTube, Google, or Indifferent to find out a little bit more about what that looks like in that role? Do I feel like I can easily close that gap? How can I show up to the interview and share the areas of my strength that I actually do have and share that, yes, like I am skilled in strategic planning. I am great when it comes to patient experience. However, I've only had such and such experience with 
crafting and so I'll share with you that I've always been a crafter like I go to sipping paints or whatever you know just coming up with stuff mm -hmm. at this point but I can tell you that I can absolutely close that learning curve and you want to address it right the reason you want to address it is because you don't want imposter syndrome you don't want to show up to the interview and you're trying your hardest to do crafts and they thought oh my goodness like you thought to yourself I didn't have that experience but I pretended I did and now I got to show up and all of a sudden they're giving me nothing but craft assignments. So I share that to say you don't need all 100% of the requirements, but be honest about the parts in which you don't have the experience. You yourself try to fill that gap a little bit before you show up to the interview, before you show up to the job. That way you feel okay with yourself to where you're not walking in feeling intimidated, but you've been worked on all these degrees we just talked about. You've gotten the experience and you have transferable skills. Yeah, I love that so much. Being honest in the interview and just showing your vulnerability and not lying to yourself, not lying to your future employer, but being honest with your skill sets and not using that for reason to beat yourself up and why, you know, why can't I do this and that? But using that like, hey, like this, these are my steps. This is what I need to do to really, you know, step into that career that I really want in my life. Yeah, because you have the sauce, like you have what it takes to do it. And there's no perfect person. And as long as the areas that you have the skill set in already are truly areas of your strengths and you're passionate about, that's going to come across on the interview. That's going to come across in your daily work. So definitely don't psych yourself out and thinking like, oh my God, I don't have all of the experience. Give yourself room to grow because if you don't give yourself room to grow, when you show up to that job, you're going to get bored really, really quick. And then I want to sit in the fact that if you show up to the interview and pretend to be someone that you're not, the person that you pretended to be is the kind of person you'll have to compartmentalize and continue to be and then you'll be calling your friends saying hey I hate this job everybody's so talkative or everybody's so quiet but did you tell them that you showed up to the interview as, as someone else other than yourself like tell them that <laughs> no yeah I love that yeah being honest because I think working too is a lot of relationships like I've become really good friends with some of my co-workers and you being yourself so you're able to make that real connection like if you're being fake like that's not a true friendship they don't really know who you are absolutely and that's not healthy for yourself not for your boss not for your co-workers for anybody yeah absolutely i kind of want to talk about like resumes do you have any tips for creating a resume for people ready to start a new career I say like my biggest tip in being a holistic career coach, clearly I have a career coaching program that I put my clients through. And the reason that's important is because too many times we start with the resume and then we go to the interview tips, but we don't talk with self. So for me, it's very important that before we hit the resume, we're thinking about who we are today, why we went to school for whatever it is we went to school for, or if we didn't, so what? what it is we want to make a greater impact on and then we start from there and we marry our personal lives with our professional lives as opposing to just kind of thinking to myself how am i going to set this resume up to where i sell myself it's important to know who you are what kind of work you want to do why you want to do that work and then we could brand and position yourself when it comes to the resume so to answer your question a little bit in terms of specific around the resume you want to make sure you have like a professional summary within your resume that speaks to your strengths and the kind of person that you are. 
as well as this kind of transferable skills and experience that you bring to the table. You want to make sure it's very clear what key skills you have and bring to the table. And then furthermore, when we get down to your job descriptions, we want to make sure that we talked about connecting the dots. We want to make sure that it's clear where you got those skills from. Like you guys, I think there's so much people online that talk about key skills and putting them in and plugging them in so that the ATS could get you, grab you and all the things. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, Where did you get this experience from? I need you to scroll on down (laughs) to the job description and make sure that meat and potatoes is there so it's clear where you got that experience from. And then there's so many other things. Because for me, because I was a hiring manager in several of my positions, I'm always looking at red flags. Like your resume should not scream red flags. It shouldn't scream, you don't know what you want to be when you grow up. It shouldn't scream, you're going to leave as soon as two years come. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many things for your resume that you want to remember. Your resume is telling a story. And when you look at it, you want to make sure that you're creating the narrative that shows that you bring what you need to bring to the table. Mm, I love that. Like telling a story of who you are and what you've, you know, been through. Our career is like a huge part of our human experience. Like I said, red flags. There's some red flags I want to know. What comes up for you for the red flags of um, resumes? Yeah, I think too many people talk about how great it is to job hop. And while I feel like everything has pros and cons, job hopping in relation to growing within your salary and growing within your skills is good. But you also want to come across as an expert in something, right? So you don't want to job hop to the point where you're just hopping, 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 but there's no consistency in what you do. So you can't talk about being the kind of person that's passionate about making a difference in the lives of people in patient care, but one minute you're in communications, the next minute you're over here doing crafts again, (laughs) so we're going to bring crafts back up. The next minute you're a transporter. It's like you're doing whatever to pay the bills and we get it, but it really needs to be clear that you put some time to think about who you are. Otherwise, the cost that I have to spend to train someone is going to be spent again quickly because you really don't know what you want to be when you grow up. And so that's a huge red flag. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I want to talk about too, like kind of the other side of for that, like, is there some red flags that we should look for employers when we're applying for jobs or there's some like, mm, like just kind of red flags. Maybe do you think the, what the work environment may be like, like your boss, is there something that we should look for red flags in employers? Yeah, absolutely. I think the same thing, just kind of on the flip side, if there's a whole lot of layoffs, every minute they're laying folks off, that's a red flag. There's no forward thinking in that organization. They're hiring folks. And before you know it, those same employees are being let go. That means their leadership department doesn't spend any time in truly assessing what their needs are. They're not really assessing where they are in the financial realm. And so you're going to end up in a situation to where, you know, you're brought in, you're ecstatic, you found your dream job and you're on a chopping board. So it's very important to look in the history of an organization in terms of like what their missions are, what their values are, like what are their intents, are they aligned to yours, and then make sure that you're going in the direction that makes the most sense in terms of what you need in your tool belt and what they will be able to provide based on their mission, vision, and values. Yes, I love that. So we kind of have like the resume side, any tips or any advice for actually showing up for the interview? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that the biggest advice is definitely showing up as yourself on the interview. I think being able to like practice for the interview is important in terms of looking at different questions that you want to ask the organization to make sure that after you've created boundaries for yourself, as you've kind of figured out where it is you're trying to go, you realize that the culture in the organization that you're going to go into is going to play a huge way weight and role in just like how you move through your life. We talk about just being at work being a, a thing in terms of your awakening hours, and you want to make sure that you're not doing all of this work. If you're listening to the podcast of Mindset Babe, I know you're already on personal development journey, self-awareness, and all the things, so I would hate that you've done all this work to become the best version of yourself, and you go into a culture and an organization that kind of depletes you and makes you feel as though you know, you're know you not enough, you're not being used in terms of your values, resources, skills, and gifts. And so I would say that on the interview, it's important to ask some questions, make sure that you're not one of those people to just end and say, no, you've answered everything. No, ask questions. What keeps them up at night? What, what are some things that they're currently working on? What would they like from the person in that position? Like what would be something to where that showed success in the person that they hire, what does success look like for them in the person that they hire. Find those things out because if they tell you that that person needs to be on in meetings all the time or answering the phone all the time and you've created boundaries within yourself that you don't want to do that in that job and those things were not on the job description, now you're not going to be happy and fulfilled and you're going to be back on the job hunt. So ask questions. Yeah, I love that. Asking questions. I was told, I think, early on and, you know, searching for a job that that's kind of like a red flag if you don't ask any questions at the end of your um, interview. But I want to talk about, too, going back to um, just like showing up as yourself. Is there any tips to have people just like calm and kind of just like not be so nervous? Do you have any tips? I know being holistic, any like ways to calm down your nervous system or any mindset shifts to give people to kind of feel more confident and calm in that interview process? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, um, that's always my go-to is I'm going to throw in some gospel music. I'm going to get my spirit nice and calm and knowing that everything that I'm doing is aligned with self. And if that for you is hip hop music, country music, R&B music, listen, jazz, whatever the case is, whatever soothes your soul, do it. If it's taking a walk every morning on the day of your interview, go take a walk. If it's lighting candles, light those candles. If it's whatever you do to calm your spirit, don't skip that on a day that's important to you. Really get one with yourself to know that one, I've applied to this job because it feels like it's aligned to my toolkit. Two, I know that I have the skills that I need to do the job. I'm going to show up as myself. If they love everything I bring to the table, great. If they don't, this was not the opportunity for me. You're still going to be somewhat nervous because you're human, right? But you know that you're being aligned and in tune with yourself. And so that within itself should bring you some kind of calm. Yeah, I love that. And knowing like if you don't get picked, that it was just wasn't that opportunity for you. It wasn't meant to be. And knowing that it's okay to be rejected. And just because you don't get that job doesn't mean there's not a job waiting for you. Yeah, absolutely. Too many times we feel as though, oh my God, I didn't get this. Remember, you are the prize. If they did not see it, that's not your problem. That's their problem. Often we're dodging a bullet. And I always like to look at interviews too as practice. Like sometimes it's really good for you to be able to hear the questions that organizations are asking, as well as being able to realize like, ooh, yeah. 
I don't want this job. Like you're interviewing them to see if it's something that's fitting for you and you're the prize. And if they don't realize it, too bad for them. Yes, 100%. I kind of want to talk about a little bit about burnout and how to avoid, you know, work burnout, life, work balance, any tips for overcoming that burnout when it comes to work, if you're working long hours and how to really set boundaries. Like what if you're scheduled to get off by, but you're constantly leaving seven, like how can you set those boundaries for yourself? Yeah, I would say that I'm going to speak to my evolved self in terms of kind of looking back at um, the younger version of me and thinking that Doing more means that you're going to be recognized more. Listen, if you decide to quit tomorrow, fall off the face of the earth tomorrow, whatever the case may be, they're going to replace you. There's always more work to do. So I think it's very important that we prioritize self and realize that it doesn't matter how much you work. It doesn't matter what you do in terms of the accolades you provide for the company, the money that you save for the company. Like All you can do is your best going above your best is not good for you because that means you're giving yourself less. And so I say the boundaries that need to be created is if you're scheduled to work till five, you work till five. Now, if you have a project that needs to be met in terms of like the due date for that project is tomorrow, and you know you cannot finish that project within the eight hours that you have tomorrow, then you need to have a conversation a week before that, three days before that with whoever you need to have the conversation with. Hey, I know the deadline for this project is Friday and here we are at Wednesday and this is what I've gotten done. Do you have any suggestions in how I'm able to get to that point? So communication is very important when it comes to being able to get things done. But separate from that, because that communication is going to be able to provide resources to where maybe your manager or whoever could say, hey, Hazel, I noticed that you have shared with me that you only have two more days and we have to get this done. So I don't want you working on XYZ tomorrow only focus on this project for the next two days. So that clear communication is important, but separate from that is just making sure that you realize that you come first in everything that you do. Definitely don't drop the ball and saying, well, I only got 16 more hours for the week, so I'm going to prioritize self. It's five o'clock. I'm clocking out. You do need to remember that you have a reputation to uphold, but have clear communication and don't burn yourself out to where you feel like you are the only person responsible for getting things done because oftentimes resources can be provided or things can be shifted around to where you're not going home empty because you've decided to pour everything out at work. Yes, I love that so much because you can't ask for help. It's okay to be honest. Like, look, like I'm kind of like drowning a little bit. Like I need help and asking questions and knowing that that doesn't determine your capability. Like that actually shows your strength and not thinking that you know everything and just like you feeling stressed. Like, oh, like I can handle stress. Like it's fine. Like I can be here until 10 p.m. Like it's fine. Like no, it's not. It's okay. Breathe. People want to help you. You just need to ask for that help. Absolutely. I want to talk about any like books or podcasts, any resources that you recommend for people who are kind of like switching careers or even want to switch careers. Yeah. Um, career podcast <laughs> or books that's a good question and you know it's funny because i don't listen to any career podcasts and um as far as books are concerned 
I think for me, it's always about self-improvement, right? So some books that I have loved um, is Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. I've kind of talked about that a little bit. With so you good. Such a good book. Yes. How to Stop Feeling Like Shh is a good one as well. It's really good for kind of resetting the way that you show up for yourself and think about yourself. For me, it's always about figuring out who you are before you worry about career. Career is something you do, but it's very important to work on who you show up for in your your home, right? Yourself, your mind, your body. And so best advice is to make sure that you work on self before you even think about working on career, business, or anything else. And tune into the It's a Human Experience podcast. <laughs> Listen. Yes, absolutely. And we'll have like, all your links and everything in the show notes. Just swipe up on this episode if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. You can go straight there after this episode. Um, but oh, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, geez, Louise. Tune into the It's a Human Experience podcast right after this. It's crazy. Yeah. You ask me about podcasts, and I'm like, I don't know of any. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, about like you doing you first and kind of identity because I think a lot of us are like, oh, what do you, who are you? I'm a nurse, I'm a teacher, I'm a life coach, I'm a podcast host. I think that maybe we could kind of separate our identities. I'm interested to like hear your thoughts and opinions of tying our identities to our careers. And yeah, let me hear it. What do you have to say? <laughs> I think that we really have to get away from that. I think that, like I talked about earlier, to where people end up kind of going after this myth of a degree is the same way that we go after titles. And then we start to feel as though we are titles. And I definitely am not someone who hasn't experienced this. I remember working as an administrator, director of operations, interim director of operations. And in that time, I would always have my badge on. And I'm like, I'm the administrator. I'm the administrator. And I'm like, girl, that is not who you are. Like you are Hazel. And so I had to really go through like deprogramming myself and realizing that your name is Hazel, not Hazel the administrator. And why is this so important to you? And I really had to do really deep work in the sense of realizing that I loved hearing the impact I was making, the difference I was making. And I realized that sometimes our affirmations in terms of our love language being my affirmations, being my love language is really has a lot to do with trauma in terms of what we need to feel more full. And so I started to realize that when people honor me and show that I'm making such a big difference in the role that I'm doing, specifically as an administrator, there was so much turnover with administrators prior to me being in that role that they loved me so much. I was bringing in profits, making difference. Staff loved me, turnover reduced, everything. And it felt so validating, right? And so sometimes those things in terms of like separating ourselves from things, it is our comfort zone that we're in because we feel as though, oh my God, I'm validated. I'm appreciated here. And so we are one with that title. We are one with that career, but that doesn't define us, especially with layoffs and all the things going on now. I've seen so many people after being laid off just are completely lost because they were their career. 
they were that title. They didn't, they don't even know who they are because everything that they did every day was around their careers and their title. And you don't want that. Make sure that you remember that you are you first. That company is going to be there after you, before you, with you. So make sure you show up for yourself and realize that you are more than your title. Mm, I love that. Yes, you are way more than your title. There's so many amazing things about you just because you show up to a nine to five that doesn't define you that just a small part of your life and your journey and who you are as a character. So I love that so much. I want to ask you this question. I'm going to start asking this question to all of the guests, but what is a mindset shift that truly helped you, helped you? What is a thought that really helped you keep on going because your mindset is just a collection of thoughts? So is there a mindset, a thought that you want to share with the audience before we wrap up? Yeah, I would say like one of the things for me that I've had to learn is just how important it is to get a thought and put pen and paper to that thought, whether it's something that you need to do or it's a feeling that you have, like journaling has really been a mindset shift for me in the sense that I'm able to put my thoughts to pen and paper and really figure out where I am today or why I've made decisions in the past or why I wanna move towards something. Like that has really been instrumental in just making sure that everything that I'm doing is actually true to self and getting anchored in my why before I kind of move into anything else or talk to anyone else. Yeah, I love that. Knowing your why, like why are we doing this is so important. Going back to earlier, like are you living your parents' life? Are you living someone else's life? Like make sure that you are living your life. You only get one, so make sure it's the life that you want to live. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can everyone find you? Drop all your socials. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, everywhere at Redefining the Future You. In terms of the podcast, it's it's the human experience on TikTok or Instagram. I definitely show up the most on Instagram or LinkedIn, you can just search Hazel Brown or Redefining the Future You because I'm all about redefining the future you because we're all going through the It's the Human Experience. Yes, I love that so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Mindset Babe podcast. If you are looking to get more confidence and take action towards your dreams, then I want to invite you to work with me. I offer private one-on-one -on -one mentorship. This mentorship will teach you everything about goal setting, time management, and manifestation so you can transform your mindset. Get the tools to become the badass you were meant to be. Register with the link in the show notes.